Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with some wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Two, one, hey, welcome, we're glad you're here, this is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 119, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here, where is here, here at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas, grab a globe, spin it around, bang, hopefully you'll be west of the tropical depression that they're going in Florida, and if you are, you're pretty close to Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we are. We're so glad you're here. This is a spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and we're each on our own faith journey. And I had a, a question come up. You know, really, what is this about? And and to me, and, and I'm just speaking from personal experience for the moment, and it, it, it's kind of like these guys are kind of like my, my mentor uh, along this faith journey that I'm on. We have Mr. Steve Titch, who brings in a little bit of uh, philosophy and, of course, being a gamble, a little bit of risk management. And then and Robert Koshu brings us the different versions of, of the Bible and the scripture and and we have Michael Cropper here, who's the judge, who always goes into the history, history of it and gives us a little bit of background. Uh, Kyle Trahan, our deacon, isn't here, and I'm not really sure what he gives us, but I just like it when he's here. And my name is Bill Cox, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm basically a host and a sales guy. And what I want to just tell you... I identify with you fellows that are out there that are listening. The vast majority of us work and we, we slug our way through life and we don't often have the time to work on our faith, but there are times when we need it. And let me give you an example. Maybe that you're, maybe that you're a contractor, something like me, and then maybe you, you have a, a client uh, whose first name starts with an L that's just horrible to you, like me, <laughs> and, and, and you just feel like you're just struggling with it. And if it wasn't for the faith credits that I've built up and the relationship that I have with these fellas here and, and, and many other people that have helped me along the way, I would struggle even more than I currently am struggling just to try to get through what should be normal. Business is normal for me. So we understand that, and that's what we try to do with this. We finished up with, with the lesson on David where we went into this great, this great character of the Old Testament with, with its triumphs and its troubles, warts and all, a wonderful study. And we're getting ready to start a new study. And that's what I really like about this Man Up podcast. We, we focus on different things that we hope that you enjoy it as well. We are on iTunes. We are on Facebook. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. We also have a Facebook page, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. We are now on iHeartRadio, thank you to the professor. And so 
Without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel that we have here today. And, and what we do is we go through and we do a basic overview of the lesson that we're going to have. And then we read the scripture and then we go into deeper discussion on it. So we understand that men out there are busy and sometimes a lesson may or may not speak to you. And that's why we want to give you the overview ahead of time so so you can decide because you're men. And that's what it's about being a man, making that decision and manning up. And so the panel that we have here today, uh, he's a professional policy writer, but he's also a professional gambler. And you're just going to love hearing from him. This is Mr. Steve Titch. We have an attorney who's also a prosecutor, so he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. We call him the judge. Michael Cropper is here. And a professional trainer, world-class trainer from a Fortune, what, 100 company now? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's a big hitter. We call him the professor. Robert Koshu is here. My name is Bill Cox, and I am the director of Man Up. Adult Bible Fellowship here at Sugarland Baptist Church. And we are starting a brand new study. And we go through, it's from Baptist Way Press, outstanding studies. This is the Connect 360. And this is Pillars. And it's called Still Standing After Centuries of Change. And it's going to be about the Ten Commandments. So, and without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start out with uh, turning it over to uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, this is the introductory chapter. It really looks at uh, the commandments as a whole and sets the stage for uh, the, the study. And, and in addition to the Ten Commandments, uh, since it's a 13-week series, we get two at the end. And the, and, and the first is the, the, what they call the greatest commandment, uh, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And the... And the Twelfth being uh, the Great Commission, go and make believers of all men. Uh, but we start with this, essentially this, this chapter, and, and we'll get into it, talks about the idea that the Ten Commandments represent moral absolutes that come from God. And that's what they are, that's, that's why they're important, and they're especially important in our time today. Uh, and, and you guys, you, your listeners are in for a treat for the next 13 weeks because we only, you know, sometimes we dance around the cultural stuff. But I know just because of what we're covering, we're going to get... No dancing <laughs> No dancing a lot. So, the, the dance card is so, not going so to be So I'll freely say we may have some... You know, we, I think we're all, most of us are like on seventy-five percent the same page, but I think maybe twenty to twenty-five percent we may get some some differences of opinion around the circle, which will be which will be fun. Excellent, excellent, Judge. Okay, we are. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, folks. Uh, let me tie it back just for a moment. Yeah, the historian, the class <laughs> historian. That's the minutes, folks. We just finished an intense study on David in Second Samuel. I totally enjoyed that. Oh, it's I, I tremendous, thought it was great. Tremendous. I hope you I hope the people listening enjoyed it as well as much as we did. We actually had a lot of fun with it. And also a lot of uh, uh, close examination of scriptures and everything. Uh, the Bible tells us that David was a man after the Lord's own heart, God's own heart, yet his life was like a roller coaster after he was anointed to be the king over Israel. Now all the great victors David experienced 
at the beginning of the rain melted into a series of problems and turmoil at the end of his life because he let a weak moment turn his focus away from God onto a beautiful woman. Um, Bathsheba. We might say sexy woman at this point. (laughs) But anyway, in a short-lived moment of passion, he committed adultery and tried to hide it. Now, folks, regard today's lesson, which Bill just told you what we're going to say, the Ten Commandments and Steve's approach, David effectively broke at least four of those Ten Commandments. We are going to look oh, at yeah, it close. That's what's so interesting that this is following up his life and the study we did with him. Now, the author of our book tells us or talks about our society and how loose it is today and how more and more it's becoming loose. And, and we have some other names for that. Uh, Toward anarchy and nihilism, is that right, Steve? I'll talk about nihilism in a minute. We'll come back to that and look at the definition Mm -hmm. when you want. Yeah, Uh, I I wrote down two definitions. Okay, the the name of our book is Pillars, folks. Of course, the pillars are the Ten Commandments. Now, I'm going to make a couple points from the author here. He says that um, today our leaders in business, politics, sports, and religion are involved in scandals ranging from fraud to immorality to physical abuses. Sex scandals in churches have eroded the public confidence in the clergy. The Me Too movement brought to life the sexual exploitations of entertainers as well as those of political and business leaders. And just a few decades ago, homosexuality was treated as a psychological disorder. Yet today, if anyone questions same-sex partnerships uh, and how it is viewed, it's viewed as a step they are viewed out of step with the numerality and, the, and deemed narrow-minded and judgmental. He makes one more comment I want to, want to point out to you. If you happen to have the book, of course, you could read this, but if you don't, he, uh, he is focusing on society and how these, the Ten Commandments are hopefully going to apply. He says, is it possible that ten ancient laws can save our present society from its destruction? And I'm going to tell you real quick, heck no. Oh, <laughs> all right, right. And that's from the judge. <laughs> the Ten Commandments are just ink on paper, right, guys? Right. It, 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 all of it, unless you discipline yourself. <laughs> Chips of stone. <laughs> unless you discipline yourself to follow them, right. they're not going to change anything. That's right. very, very good. Excellent. Very good. Very wow. Good. Professor. I, I really don't know how to follow that. Um, other than you made a comment. So Steve and I made a lot of hay over the David study about if you really wanted to know what was going on in your office, go read this whole narrative that we did. And, and it was really intriguing to see an entire narrative of David, not just a story here and a story there. Absolutely. But to see the whole narrative. And if you wanted to know how to deal with the office and office politics and all of that, just read that, and man, that was office politics. Yeah. This is going to go way beyond that. We've talked about it. You've kind of, I think Steve said, you know, we, we've kind of, we've danced around a lot of cultural issues. We've had some discussion over some of them. Mm-hmm. But we are going to drive the Mack truck through the wall <laughs> and really confront well, glad the cultural issues. <laughs> well, I mean, because we have to. And, and I read, and, and I'll talk a little bit about them. There were two essays. I sent one to the entire group, and one, a former Man Up member, Lynn Pilcher, sent in to Bill, and he forwarded it to everybody. It was excellent. And it was excellent. And the first one was an article in the Harvard Gazette. They basically interviewed a professor, Stephen Pinkler, and he discussed how one of the biggest problems is 
Data isn't important. So I want to compare that because if, if you listen to societies today, so the big entertainment news these days, for anybody that follows entertainment news, is Liam Hensworth, let me get this right, and Miley Cyrus are divorcing because Miley has a new girlfriend. And oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he, and knew, that, he knew that before he married her. Yeah. She would but, call herself but this is one of those things where, as Steve said, I can't make a comment anywhere in, in my office about it because if it does, I'm bigoted, I'm, I'm narrow-minded, I'm mm -hmm. ignorant, <laughs> you know, I'm a redneck, mm -hmm. which I do pertain to some parts of that, but, but I can't make a comment about it because we have grayed out, much like society, this article talks about, has grayed out data or truth, we have grayed out ultimate, right and wrong. And so, and but we're going to compare that to the Martin Luther's essay on Martin Luther on the freedom in Christ. And I think there, this is going to be a great juxtaposition as we talk about it because we're going to do, as Steve alluded to, one commandment a week. <laughs> and so it is intense to quote a politician, laser-like focus <laughs> well, on and, one specific topic. And one thing that um, that I was uh, talking about uh, in our class is that laws are typically reactionary. Laws aren't made unless something comes up that shows a need for the law. And so you think about the Ten Commandments, there must have been a need for the commandments in order for... God to give them to Moses. Well, they're, they're as I was saying, they're, they're guidelines for relationship. I mean, they're rules, obviously. Right. And but I, I don't think, and I, I think the author puts it out. I don't I don't think the morality was a sudden bolt of freshness. We in Genesis, it's clear when uh, Cain kills Abel, that's wrong. But it is it is furthering a revelation of of of. God's plan, but but to get yeah, to, to to go back to this, I want because I wanted to talk about you know where where does that whole you know inability now to make a make a judgment come from or or declare yeah. an opinion on something and where that comes from, believe it or not, <laughs> really dates back toward the end of the nineteenth century mm -hmm. uh, nihilism. Yeah. Um, Aha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. We don't set it up. We don't. We, we don't talk. You know, you don't hear that word. Right. But nihilism, which was was pretty much um, formulated and I don't want to say popularized, but but developed, posited and developed by Friedrich Nietzsche, uh, late nineteenth century. Uh, what is it? Um, Hey, here are the definitions, and these these are undisputed. This is not a cultural reading. This is this is the case. I, I, the, the literal if we put somebody definition. from Harvard sitting beside me, they they would agree with me. Well, uh, definitions: one, first definition: one, a viewpoint that traditional values and beliefs are unfounded and that existence is senseless and useless. Two, a doctrine that denies any objective ground of truth, especially moral truths. And two, or three, uh, a doctrine or belief that conditions in the social organization are so bad 
to make destruction desirable for its own sake, with independent of any constructive program or possibility. Now, I know this sounds like the editorial policy of CNN and the New York Times, <laughs> but it's really the definition right. of nihilism. And what it did, now, and I, we, we, it's too long to get into, it did find fertile ground in the early 20th century for a number of reasons, but today, here we are in 2019, and, and really over the past couple of generations, academically and culturally, it infuses everything. It infuses almost every, the curriculum of almost every public university. Maybe not a Christian university, but if your kids are in college right now, whatever they're taking in liberal arts is infused with this idea of there's no objective standards. They call it, it's called postmodernism. Uh, more currently. So you won't hear nihilism, you know, postmodern, uh, other, other grounds for it. But, but where, where we are at that and where, what it translates it to in terms of where we are as Christians, um, the tenets are there is no God. Or you could say the concept of God is rendered so meaningless. No, that, well, I, I believe in God, but how do you know about God? What, I, don't, I don't believe the God in the Bible. Uh, you know, the God, the, the Hindu God doesn't do it for me. I just believe in a God out Some there. Being. Some Agnosticism. being. Some being. Agnostic. Agnosticism. Yeah. Or atheism. You know, but it's, it's, it's really, the, you know, there's no, the concept, you know, there's, no, there's no way of understanding that for that person of what God is. Um, the idea of tearing everything down and replacing it with uh, subjective truths. Uh, you know, what I, you know, what I know is what I know and that's all I need to know. Uh, that's my perception of things. That's the way I feel about it. It is just as meaningful as the way you feel about it. You have no right for that. And finally, and this is where things get insidious, insidious, there's no higher authority than fill in the blank. It can be my ego. It can be the Dow Jones Stock Exchange. It can be the government. It can be the media. It can be anything. It can be, as a footnote, it can be religion. It, it, I'm not saying it's, it, it, it's supposed to be God, but people turn religion into, a, into something that it's not. Uh, and, and we even get into that in, this, in the course of this lesson. Um, but essentially it means whatever X is, whatever that blank is, can grab as much as X wants by any means X chooses because X creates the morality, X sets the discussion, X sets the guidelines, and you know what's good for X may be good for X, but it doesn't necessarily have to be good, to, good for you, but you know, what you care doesn't matter. It's all about what I it's want. It's all about what I want, but which, is what, which is really what nihilism boils down to. It's like running a race and setting the finish at the race wherever you're tired at. Yep. Well, yep. And declaring yourself and the winner. And declaring yourself the winner. <laughs> you notice, and you know there's some people out here that says, Steve's talking about this, we're talking about that. There are some people out here that can quote the Bible if it's to their benefit, mm -hmm. but they really, uh, but, and it applies to everybody else but themselves, which is what you're saying, right? Everything is about self. If you're violating one of the laws that hurts me, what I desire and my goals, then, then I will quote the ten, one of the Ten Commandments to you. But if you quote them to me, I'm going to say they don't, they don't count. They don't exist. That doesn't They're not apply. Real. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, doesn't apply. apply to me, which well, is exactly mm -hmm. what you're saying. And it, and it 
it, it goes back to what is at the center. In nihilism, you are the center. You are the ultimate truth. You are the ultimate center. And what you want is what matters. God took that totally on its end when he wrote the Ten Commandments. Because he says, I am the truth. I matter. And what I did created the universe, and you owe me that. And by the way, if you want to get along, A, with me, and we'll talk about, as we go through this, the vertical part of the Ten Commandments, and each other, the horizontal part of the Ten Commandments, then you you have to follow these ten rules. And the, the Ten Commandments, I, I always like to think about them as... I, I used to call them the executive summary, but because of the way these 13 mm -hmm. lessons were structured, I'm going to call it the abstract. So it's like the summary at the beginning. And the executive summary, or the shortened bullet point version that you give the CEO, is Jesus' commandments. Mm -hmm. At the end, we're going to put it all together. Sure, even more. Much yeah, much you know, because, because if you look at it, the Ten Commandments... And, and this is something I think we'll talk about as we go through, because we go through it's one verse each week. But there are multiple verses around those verses. First of all, there's the whole book of Leviticus, which yes. God knows we're not going to read that. <laughs> you know, that talks about each the specifics of when it says, thou shalt not murder. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's pretty simple and straightforward. There were different punishments the Israelites exacted for killing another human being beyond that. So if I killed you intentionally, I got to be killed. If I was moving my cart, my cart was in bad repair and it fell over on you and you died, manslaughter if I'm correct, mm -hmm. Michael, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was another punishment that I was exacted on. You can be killed for that too by the relatives of the person. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But, but in that in that in that instance right. though the, the Judaic law actually pulled back and put parameters around, because you're right, in the original world it was, if your cart fell over and killed our son, we're going to kill you, your wife, your children, <laughs> your oxen, <laughs> and burn your house to the ground. And the Levitical law said you have to pay an amount and do a sacrifice and all of that to the family. And so the Judaic law goes and puts parameters around this revenge and how it was all working. And so this is going to be really fun. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to this. All right. And with that, I'll go ahead and I will uh, read the uh, scripture that we're looking at. This is Exodus 21 through 17. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. You know, the amazing thing about this is it doesn't seem to be any real gray area. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? We, We were told that if you follow these, they give you freedom. How do you suppose they give us freedom? Freedom of guilt. That's one. I, I would agree with that. Freedom of regret. Mm-hmm. Well, you actually, and I, I've thought about this, thought about this, and I think, well, you know, the freedom is, first of all, if you follow them, you're choosing to follow them. So the ultimate choice is freedom to begin with. Right. Right? And you that's where Martin Luther follow, went. Right? right. Exactly. Is that what right. you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's where Martin Luther, Luther went. Yeah. Yeah. You, that, you choose choosing to follow, to follow God right. is the ultimate freedom. Exactly. Exactly. And and uh, and everything that goes with it. And then, uh, of course, you, you, as a man of our family, we choose to teach it to our children and teach them to follow the rules that's, as well. That's, well, I mean, it's it's a good discussion to have because they 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 are a list of do's and don'ts. I mean, yeah. and, and but that's that's often the criticism made against religion, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. religion in general, Christianity in particular. Oh, it's a bunch of rules, and I, you know, I don't, I don't more negatives and, than positives, and, and negatives mm-hmm. and positives. And mm-hmm. and uh, but what does what does Martin Luther say about? You know, that's a, it's an interesting question because there is a freedom because it is a it is again uh, more than more than on a list of rules it's a it's a it's a guideline for a relationship and I think in many ways it does, there's yeah. also ways it reveals I, I know I asked you but, something yeah. now I'm going yeah. off and yeah, talking yeah. No, but no. I think it reveals God, God's order of things and this is also one of the things that puts it up against nihilism mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. the commandments we see God's plan. Um, there's an order for us to, you know, first of all, there's one God, there's one God, no others, no river God, no sun God, there's God that created the world, and he exists, and and everything in this world was created by him. Um, he, I, the idea, I mean, well, we all got to go to church on Sunday. What, what that commandment is, is he wants time for you. Mm-hmm. He wants relationship. He wants you to call wants. mom. <laughs> he wants you to call. Um, spend a day, set aside a day, make it holy, and devote it to the relationship you have with God. Build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, have reverence. And, and well, reverence. Devote yourself. You know, we have devote yourself to trust. He, he, he sets down, there are ideas of personal boundaries. 
You, you're right. not supposed and, to and, steal. And I think, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the second half, the first one is all about God. Mm -hmm. It's a vertical. The second half is all about the horizontal because it does. It sets up the order because, hey, stealing it from each other is bad because that leads to chaos. You know, mm -hmm. adultery. So more often than not, the the sense, when everybody hears that, they think, okay, that means once I'm married, i got to stay married. And, and I have literally heard young people interpret it this way, but it doesn't apply to me until I'm married. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's a lot more to it than that. Um, yeah, but if, yeah. and if you think about it, you know, especially you have to think about it back then, and I am not excusing now that it's any different because there are others. If, if back then, if you were sleeping around, what was the consequence? You ended up having to get married real quick. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, okay, we've got birth control. But it, it, the, the, the Bible speaks of sexual union has a man and a woman cleaving together and becoming one. There is a spiritual component to sexuality. And if you're out doing it with everybody... Hello. <laughs> yeah, you you're, can't have a you're, relationship you're with all of them. Bingo. Yes. Right. Driving well, nuts. Well, and yeah. Well, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> but and I then, am, you know, no murder. Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't covet. Covetness is just wanting something that someone else has, and taking to the other part of it is taking to whatever part you can to go get whatever that mm -hmm. other person has. We never see that anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, my, uh, one time when I was a kid back on the farm in Michigan, I was complaining about my dad's rules. And I was complaining with my grandpa. And my grandpa was a Mennonite and pig farmer, lived across the street. We were, of course, we were all pig farmers. And... Uh, <clears throat> And I'm, I'll keep this short because we're right up against the break, hard break. Um, but, and I was complaining about the rules, and he looked at me and he goes, see that dog? And we had a dog, and our dog was on a chain. There was a stray dog that was off on the kind of the woods area, kind of hanging around. He said, that dog has no rules. But it would love to be on the chain of this dog. You know why? Because this dog is cared for. This dog is loved. This dog has something to look forward to. That dog has nothing. He doesn't know where his life's going to be. He doesn't know where his next meal is going to be. And what his next meal is going to be. It's all reliant on him. That chain of the dog, of our pet, provided life for that dog. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our heartbreak. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 119. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. 
Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And we are just kicking off a new study the Ten Commandments. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I was waiting for Cecil B. DeMille. Right, right, right. Because Act we like all, we all, and Huston. We all know, we, are, we know that Cecil. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. We had that in the class Monday, Sunday. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. Awesome, but awesome I moment. Didn't. It was fun, yeah. <laughs> um, the, I, I, I kept hearing all this time, the Ten Commandments will, are, are a, a statement of spirituality and love from the Lord. I really didn't get it until we studied this lesson. You said the first commandments are directing you toward God right. and stating His holiness. And right. I thought, I've always just read them and said, boy, he's pretty tough. Right. <laughs> but but in, if you do, actually, if you do what he says, if you do take it, as meaning this is a direction that if you take your life will be better and not only will it be better it'll be blessed if you it will be ordered stories, your yes. life will be ordered. ordered yes yes and not only physically but spiritually as right. well you take the four ones then the other six will fall in line like robert said if you if you love god first put god first we've heard that ever since we were a little bitty that's um, love God first and everything else will fall into place. Put God first in everything you do and then everything will be easier. And it really came home to me with us starting out this introduction to the, uh, to the uh, Ten Commandments. I, I think this is going to be one of those as we talk about it. Do these truths really hold out? As we talk about them, and and I think it's going to be, we're going to have to, we're going to get to talk about how they really apply in today's world, and how they really stand, how they really have stood the test of time, and they and despite what everybody says, they absolutely still apply to today. Because there's just no way, you know, we can see, you, you know, we, we've alluded to it. And like you said, we're going to drive the Mack truck. You know, we're not going to have the dance card. We're not dancing. We're going to drive the Mack truck through the wall. Let's talk about a couple things. Bill brought yeah. up one great, great point. He says, I like the analogy of the dog. I think that was great. Okay, because the dog on the chain looks like a, looks like a slave. Yes. Absolutely. But in yeah. reality... The free dog is a slave. Would have loved to change places. Yep. With that dog. In a heartbeat. Okay. Let's go back. You said something. Why were the Ten Commandments brought to the Israelites when they were brought to them? Why were they presented to them when they were presented to them? That's one question. And the second question I have, which we can talk about, I, I, I like, is uh, before the Ten Commandments were presented, was the, was the law in existence? I personally think that the law had to be brought into existence so it was quantified 
for everybody. I think there, there may have been a looseness of it. It might be understood as, instead of laws, it could have been norms. You know, normal society doesn't covet. But there's no necessarily law about well, it. We don't, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there were, there were, we take a lot of this for granted now. A lot of this was, a lot of this was revolutionary. Yeah, and absolutely. To, to answer well, your, and the, the, there were no, the, the, this, is, this was the only subgroup in the Middle East at the time that were monotheistic, that did not believe in gods, that were not pantheistic and didn't believe gods inhabited elements of the Stuff. natural world. Right. Sun, like I said, sun, water. What, but, but also what we have here is a, a again, a subgroup that for 400 years had been in slavery. They had been, they pretty much were under Egyptian law. You know, there was nothing they could do about it. They could, they could maintain this, uh, and, and this, cov this idea of this original covenant goes back to Abraham. So they're, they're maintaining their belief in God. They're praying to God. But now they're going to be a free people. Uh, the irony is that now they're going, now they're going to, they're, they're, a, a land is being prepared to them. And in the, in the timeline, the, the Ten Commandments come, you know, well, you know, be well before the 40 years of wandering. I mean, they, they, if I read yeah, it right, three, three they months. pretty much they just get out of Egypt, right. Egypt, right. Egypt, right. Egypt, cross right. the Red Sea, and so, so this is the Egypt. first yeah. major thing that God does after, after parting the Red Sea, um, gives them the law. And I think because they're about to be a nation, and God intends them to be a nation apart. Well, and I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the two back in that time, you had the Egyptian gods that were gods that had animal characteristics and different things. And then you had the Greek gods that were basically human with certain but, but with the, certain characteristics. The Greeks hadn't even come along by but, oh, okay. before that. But, okay, but, okay. but, but right. yes, you have you have you had the, the you know the they had the idea type. they had some ideas like they flirted with uh, never mind. Yeah and, and this was This was concrete. And and then yeah. this idea that that you know uh, and, and again I there were the, the Code of Hammurabi. There were other attempts at doing this. But this really, the, the idea of, you know, back in Egypt, the king, the king was, was divine. Um, right. the, 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 the pharaoh the was divine. Sun, right? yeah. The pharaoh was connected. The, the pharaoh was part of the divinity. In other, in other cultures of the time, the, 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 the ruler was sure to link himself to being God, to being mm -hmm. the, a god. And here we have no God is separate. Um, you are His people, and these are these are what this is what God wants. And 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 again, we're talking about Leviticus and Deuteronomy, going to enormous detail about what what is expected from God's people, from from how they Israelites. how they are to behave, what they're supposed to do, mm -hmm. and what the consequences are for disobeying these laws. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the other thing it did, and I kind of alluded to in my story about manslaughter earlier, it put curbs on things. You couldn't really go and just do whatever you wanted to, even though that person had, quote-unquote, broke the law. You know, it was limited. You weren't allowed to... If somebody killed, some, if somebody killed your brother, you could take his life under God's law. But that was it. 
in in the old in in Babylonia, mm-hmm. Egypt, and everybody else, if somebody killed your brother, you'd go kill him, his wife, his kids. I mean, it was extinguish the, law, the line. It, it was free. Actually, it was free for all. Now that you said, this is one of the great great contributions mm-hmm. of the Bible to the history of humanity. The idea that l- law exists independently. Right. The king is not the law or doesn't say, you don't say what the law is. The law exists and everyone is covered in it. And we get, we did David, Nathan calls him out. David did not say, I'm the king. I can do anything I want. David, faulty that he was, he acknowledged he broke God's law. Yep. Um, and he, he acknowledged his guilt. This, this idea... You know, this is this is, again. It, it sets forth that there are there is a morality that exists outside the realm of human creation. Yep. So what 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 we and what we're saying here the law absolutely existed before it was written. Yep. The raw this was the model. This was the codification of it. This is a clarification yep. of what yep. we all had in our hearts or our mind if we chose to to follow God. He made it very clear to Adam, don't eat of the fruit of the tree. He didn't write it down, yeah. but he told him. And so when the time right. came to get right. tempted, he kind of forgot it. Or kind of was tempted by Satan. But this way you have no excuse when you say, oh, uh, I accidentally barred your, your, your uh, well, you're not going to tell the person you stole their, their car or whatever it is. <laughs> but in your, heart, in your mind, you're telling yourself, I barred it. Well, you have the written law here that says you can't do that. You right. have no excuse. And so I barred it and just never returned it. No, no. <laughs> you, you, you have the written law here that sets the perfect standards here. And then everything else, like you said, revolves around that. And Jesus even, even expanded it further and explained it a lot further. In the New Testament. Excellent. This is this is a great great study. We're so glad that you're going to be joining us for this study of the Ten Commandments. Going to go around the room one more time and uh, get a summary from uh, each of the fellows and uh, start with the professor. Yeah, I just um, one quote from the Martin Luther paper. It is. Let me go to the top so I can make sure. Martin Luther on Christian freedom. It was written in 1520. This was actually. Um, Translation by H. Weiss and C.A. Buckman, um, First Principles of Reformation. Um, A Christian man is the most free lord of all and subject to none. A Christian man is the most dutiful servant of all and subject to everyone. And I think that kind of sums up where we're going to be heading over the next 13 weeks as we do this. Um, I'm really excited. I think this is going to be... This is really going to be fun for us. Because we're really going to get to tackle the issues that we've kind of confronted a little bit, but danced around a little bit. We're going to tackle them head on. You know, we're not. We're the, the political correctness wings will be off for this right. lesson. And and I can tell you this: I've seen the term nihilism so many times, and I I never really had to understand. I, I'll just admit it. You know, uh, I, I'm an avid reader. But it, sometimes there's words that I that I don't understand. Instead of looking them up, I just kind of gloss over them because I know approximately uh, what they mean. And and Steve, I, I I totally appreciate you. And if you would do it one more time, and then also give your summary. I mean, uh, uh, the nihilism and, and how it relates to us as men right now. 
Okay. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll just the the give you the first definition here. A viewpoint that traditional values and beliefs are unfounded and that existence is senseless and useless. Now, exactly. You 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 may see the word nihilism every day, but as I said, it pretty much infuses um, modern culture. Um, you you and and there are some ironies because at the end of the day, it really doesn't sell. It's why Avengers movies do so well, uh, and uh, Lars von Trier movies don't. Um, if you know, you can Google that and see why you haven't even heard of a Lars von Trier movie and why. Um, but you'll read you'll read lengths of reviews and criticisms of how this man is a genius of our time. And it, it, I, I confess, I have not seen a von Trier film. I'm just, uh, but they are very nihilistic. Um, and they are, he is praised as a great film artist for that. Um, that is part of the reason. So, so as that's an example of how it infuses media, it inf certainly infuses academia. Um, I, I do want to veer off for a minute, I'm, I'm not going to get into it because the rest of the, 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 the series we do will be infused with this, but I'm going to throw it out because I don't think you can look at uh, the law even with the Old Testament, the, the, the Ten Commandments, and let's say the law as a whole, without keeping in mind what's in the New Testament. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the two balancing uh, um, pieces of Scripture. One is from Matthew 5.17, and this is during the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter nor the least stroke of the pen by any means uh, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And then, the one that rattles everyone, but my favorite is Galatians. Uh, and, uh, Galatians, I hope I didn't lose my place now. Uh, chapter 3, verses 23 through 25, uh, where Paul writes to the Galatians, before this faith came, the faith in the Lord, we were held prisoners by the Lord, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Now, I will preface you know, this by saying what Paul is attacking is legalism more than the law, but this idea of, there's also the idea of grace, which I will just introduce now to talk about whenever, I, whenever it comes up in the, in the future series of lessons. But the idea of that the, the discipline handed down by the Ten Commandments in some cases is balanced you know, and countered and, I'm going to spoil it, overcome by a grace. Excellent. And it wouldn't be complete talking about the law without, well, Professor? Yeah, Moore, yeah, so just, just because, yeah, here we go. only because Steve, I'm doing your research, only because Steve, Lars Ventures is best known for the movie Dancer in the Dark, mm -hmm. so if you want to look it up, but all you need to know is Avengers Steve, what, 2.8 billion, somewhere along yeah. the way, gross worldwide at this point. Uh, this particular movie, Dancer in the Dark, grossed Thirty-five million eight hundred and forty-seven thousand. <laughs> so, but if you want to know, he's known for doing a trilogy of depression. Well, okay. is a series of movies he is known for. 
Excellent. Well, we can't have a uh, study of the law without going to the judge. So get your uh, summary uh, Finish it out, proper. Huh? All right, folks. Once again, I'm going to refer to the, um, the author's a couple of statements he makes. So if the law of God beats in our hearts, folks, you know, if you're a Christian today, you believe that Christ came into your heart and he expanded the law and placed in your heart a direction from God that only the Holy Spirit can lead you with. And it gives you an understanding of God's laws and an understanding of who God is. And uh, anyway, the author says, so if the law of God beats in our hearts, what was the need for, for the commandments? And we talked about that, and I suspect we're going to talk a lot more about that in the next few lessons. So what was God's purpose in giving the law to Moses on Mount Sinai? Uh, the purpose was to give him direction. I made a comment here, and, and, and we've kind of jumped around. I won't say danced around, since we don't dance, right? <laughs> God called Abraham and, his, and the descendants of his son Isaac to be his chosen people the Jews. Prior to that, he had not really had a chosen nation or a chosen people. He had chosen individuals that worshipped him and he revealed himself to them many times over. Uh, Abraham, uh, pardon me, Adam, uh, we know Noah, Noah absolutely, no question. Job, yes, many, many, many more people through the Old Testament God revealed himself to, but never a nation. And as Bill commented and we've commented, they were coming out of Egypt a, a land that worshipped many gods, little g, g -S, from the sun god to the death god, to you name it. And God says, and, and he makes a statement that I love them so much, I'm going to give them direction that they cannot not follow. Two, two, a double negative there. That they must follow. They won't have an excuse for not following it. And he gave it to Moses. And it is written down, and it's the Ten Commandments we're going to study. Excellent. And with that, uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And we're on this faith journey. I hope that you come along with us. This is discussions that you most likely can't have anywhere else. All of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes. We're now on iHeartRadio. And thank you for finding us there. And we invite each and every one of you, if you're ever in Houston area or Sugarland, stop in uh, Sunday mornings to the Man Up uh, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship. And we, in, we also encourage each of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. And also join an ABF or Sunday school, a small group, so you get to have discussions like this and dig in deeper and peel back the onion and find out how it will apply to you and help you in your faith journey. And find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one! This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.